Okay, I'll get us started. Started. I'll get us yeah. started off. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to this week in stupid. We have returned with another great episode. Am I right, Noah? You are correct. You are correct. This is this is a good episode. Yeah, this is going to be a great episode, guys. You yeah. have you have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've, uh, some things have happened. Some time has passed. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we have a, we have a, we have a different president now. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Joe Biden. Joe Biden is president. It's crazy. Yep. It's, it's old old Joe. How do you, how do you feel about Joe? Um, do you want my honest opinion? (laughs) (laughs) Why would I ask for anything else? Um, I'm not optimistic, is my answer. Yeah, neither am I. Yeah, I think, <sighs> I think anyone who knows us well enough will, will, was expecting that. Yeah. Um, but better than Trump. Better, well, yeah. Better than Trump. But, like, also anyone would have been better than Trump. I don't know about anyone. <laughs> I don't anyone- know. Anyone we had up would have been better than Trump. Okay, true, true. Any, any, any establishment Democrat would have been better than Trump. That Which is saying a lot, because I have nothing but disdain for establishment Democrats. Yeah, just the establishment <laughs> in general, really. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking um, God. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just living my life ready for Bernie Sanders to take me by the hand and show me the way. That's what the, that's what the coup should have been about. What? Installing Bernie Sanders. <laughs> you, think, you think the fucking Trump MAGA insurrection of the Capitol should have been about Bernie Sanders? Yeah, it should have been a bunch of dudes in beanies from Seattle. Oh, I gotcha. Trying to... <laughs> I thought you were saying, like, Trump should have gone up to the podium and said, we're going to storm the Capitol and ask for Bernie Sanders to be president. And then all the Trumpies are going to go and ask for Bernie to be president. That would have been fucking something. Could you imagine? That would have been incredible. <laughs> Could you imagine that was the secret plot? Trump stands up and he's like, now you guys see how evil things can get. So let's get Bernie at office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I... I saw, I don't follow the account, because I find these accounts pretty fucking stupid, to be mm-hmm. honest. But I, I, I know, I follow people who follow the account Coping MAGA. Right, yes. And one of the, one of the tweets by this account was a person saying that Trump was a deep left plant. Or something. That he was secretly, <laughs> like, like connected to the deep left and he would hang out with the Clintons instead of the Bushes or something like that. And it's just like, oh man, I wish, I really wish that were true. I really do. I, I would be laughing my ass off. Also, if he was deep on the left, he wouldn't hang out with the Clintons. <laughs> yeah, that is also true. <laughs> that, well, but keep in mind, that's how fucked these people's ideas of like left and right are. They think legitimate, they legitimately think centrist Democrats are fucking leftists. It's crazy. It's like that um, meme where it's like, um, like where like MAGA people will be like, Joe Biden's a socialist. And then all of Joe Biden's supporters would be like, Joe Biden's not a socialist. But every like socialist would be like, damn it, Joe Biden's not a socialist. <laughs> yeah. And it's the yeah. same thing for Trump where it's like, Donald Trump's a Nazi. And all of his supporters are like, Donald Trump's not a Nazi. And every Nazi just like, fuck, Trump's not a Nazi. Man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Everyone is. Everyone has been convinced they're a centrist and that everyone else is an extremist, and the actual extremists are on the outsides just fucking weeping. <laughs> yeah, extremists have been weeping for a very long time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's why they formed the Green Party. I'm a big fan. That's anyway. <laughs> Man, you just you walk into a statement and like it's just like it's just like you've opened up a pandora's box in my heart and i have to <laughs> fucking go through it sweet jesus <laughs> i i was i was doing uh math 
uh, at a friend's house the other day and the my friend so this friend lives with a bunch of our friends so like they got a house together after freshman year and mm. and one of the people there said something I really loved which I thought was really accurate about me which was like I I start conversations being sensible enough that you start listening to me and then I just start going fucking buck wild and saying the most stupid fucking shit and it just it takes a minute to readjust to like oh right I forgot that, for a minute there I forgot that Noah's Noah <laughs> yeah uh, fuck good stuff that's how I like it I like to keep my friends on their toes <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good healthy thing to have exactly exactly that's a yeah that's a that's what a good friend does mm-hmm. mm. also just a precursor to anyone yep. listening uh if you hear people yelling. The boys are officially here, and oh, shit. everyone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How are your uh, boys and girls? <laughs> they're, they're they're great. Uh, no, but so I don't think I don't think you brought up the boys. Did you wait? Did you bring up the boys in the podcast? That's why they're called the boys. Oh, you did. Okay, that's uh, yeah. I brought it. I was like, have the boys moved in yet? And you were like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking? <laughs> Yeah, because you texted that to me too, so I couldn't remember if that was on the podcast as well. Yeah. But, so yeah, yeah, people moved in. It is a week three of classes, so people moved people moved in um, this last weekend, uh, which was mm. after like a couple days after we recorded the podcast. And they moved started moving in last Friday, or and today is Wednesday, January twentieth. So. You know, whatever. You can do the dates if you care. Uh, but so, yeah, the boys are here. Which means uh, Wi-Fi is uh, shittier. But, you know, that's how it is. Have you had to uh, reprimand or kick out any boys yet? No, no. Um, it's been really easy, actually. I'm really enjoying being an RA. Uh, which I kind of expected was going to happen. Uh, I decided to apply mainly because I just wanted to build community. Because I felt like the community of K was really good and I wanted to like keep that going. And also like the community of, of our high school, I felt was like awesome. And my mom works in community development and my grandfather uh, taught uh, classes in community development, I believe. Uh, don't quote me on that. Um, but so, yeah. So I was like, yeah, let's do that. And it's gone really well so far. I haven't had any, uh, hiccups. There have been a couple like facilities related issues with like plumbing, piping, whatever. Um, but that's been super easy, super easy to take care of. So no, mm-hmm. in general, things are going good. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So you yeah, you're like a junior in college, right? I'm a sophomore. You're a sophomore. Listen, the years have gone away from me. Mm. <laughs> um, you're decrepit now. Yeah, I yeah. I haven't been in a classroom in a very long time. So mm. <laughs> yeah, that's true, man. That's kind of crazy to think about for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not in education. You know, yeah. I'm not being educated. Yeah, I'm being you're, trained. You're uneducated. Actually. Yeah, I'm <laughs> technically, according to like polling data, I'm, I'm, I'm in the uneducated category. No, that doesn't. No. Well, I mean, I, okay, it depends on what scale you're talking about. If you're talking, if you're talking about the average American, well, when they say uneducated, the average, like, when they say uneducated, they don't mean high school dropouts. They mean people without college degrees. Mm, gotcha. Right. I don't. I don't think it's fair to call that uneducated. But well, if the if the metric is have you received a college education, then yes. Right, right, but that same... doesn't mean you, they're not calling you stupid. They're they're separating people into two groups: that being college educated and not college educated. Maybe they got a trade. Maybe they just did something else. Right, but like, like it's not like them being pushing down on the uneducated group. No, I know, I know, but uneducated, defi- by definition, the word uneducated means having not been educated, and I would yeah, not say that college. You... But right, so but that's in that specific context. I understand how it relates specifically to college. But all I'm saying is like I like if someone, hey, like you know, came went out of high school with a high school degree and whatever went to a fucking trade school and became an electrician, I wouldn't call them uneducated. Just in general, you know, I'm not talking about the context of this survey or whatever. Mm. But so anyway, yeah, no, I I, I proudly wear the uneducated badge on my chest. Mm. 
That's... I don't know that you should do that, but <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, we just can't. We just can't talk about education. I just. I don't have yeah. the energy to do it. I don't oh, have the energy. Are you losing it, Mr. Triple Majors losing it? It's no, it's it's I I think I've probably brought this up before on the podcast, but it's education is it's it's turned me into basically a single topic voter. Not really, but it's education by far for me is the most important topic in politics, in all of in all of politics, on every single level. Um because it's so it's so blatant how how important and impactful it is and how few people have access to good education. I mean, like I know that McGregor, you can relate because you went and when you were in AmeriCorps, you went to you went and like supervised like for third graders, like Hispanic third graders and like they were uh, middle schoolers. Yeah. Middle schoolers. Yeah. Uh, and and so and for me, like last year I worked at CAPS, which is a program it's a great program at K where um, we go to basically it's uh, college funded. So like I, I got paid by the college, but it's, it was for work study. So you could volunteer there as well um, where we would, they would, the college would basically take a bus of students, okay, students out to the North side of town, which is a primarily black area and completely like impoverished. It's like uh, it's like community homes and like, which like, in itself like it's it's not a, obviously it's not a bad thing to live to live in a community home like it's not a bad thing obviously to be you know not wealthy but it was just clear how 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 bad these kids had it you know people would walk in without folders and stuff and just wouldn't have money for materials one time a kid walked in and said i didn't go to school today because my mom didn't have time to clean the laundry because she was too busy working her like several jobs and that's just like uh it's just awful. It's just awful seeing how, like, how poor, you know, the quality of, like, life can get in general when you leave people uneducated. And that in Kentucky, oh, man, it makes my blood fucking boil. It makes my blood boil seeing education not improve. So anyway, I again, we can't talk about it. We can't talk about it. We're moving past it. There are better it's not, a lot, not a lot to be funny with lack of education in America. I know. I know. It's the, one, <laughs> it's, the one, it's the one topic in politics that will literally make me pull all of my hair out and I will end up yelling in an insane asylum about it because, yeah. But so anyway, better things are happening today that we should look towards. Yeah. Better. Yeah. Such as Are you inviting me to go? I'm inviting you oh. to go. Uh, Mitch fucking McConnell is the Senate Minority Leader, motherfuckers. <laughs> Dude, that's it's incredible. Hold it's, on, let's see if his Twitter says it. I don't think I don't. I think I just saw a tweet by uh, Charles Booker saying that that needs a change or something. Yeah, like that. he's still uh, um Senate Majority Leader. Oh no no. <laughs> Well, he changed from at majority leader to at leader McConnell. And instead of saying U.S. majority leader, it just says U.S. Senate Republican leader. He is, re- he is refusing to say minority leader. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a little bitch. God, I fucking oh, hate him. God. I hate him so much. I hate him so fucking much. Uh, what the next guy? step is um, voting him out of office. Yeah. Yeah. Charles Booker, please. I believe in you. I believe in you so hard. We both love you. Both of us at This Week in Stupid love you. We officially endorse Charles Booker <laughs> Charles for whatever he's running for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's great. I'm so happy he's no longer the Senate Majority Leader. Uh, that feels great. Joe Biden is the president, which, you know, it's not much, but we you take, you take your victories as you get them. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, I yeah. see a lot of people who are like, reacting to the inauguration and they were like i have tears of joy and yada 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 and i'm like man you were not happy about joe biden when he was beating bernie sanders (laughs) oh you saw like leftists saying that yeah i saw people that like had a greater opinion of um progressive politics acting like joe biden was jesus Right, it was he was the end all be all. All the bad yeah. is gone now. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, I know that. I know that really gets your goat. So it's a lot of bullshit. 
yeah yeah absolutely and you know like i i get i get it when the more uh when the when the democrats do it like you know for instance like uh my my folks aren't the most leftist people out there right um and and so it's like that's more understandable because it wasn't like you went through this shift where before you were like bernie all the way and now it's like biden is jesus because that's just not true um instead it's like at least you're being consistent with your beliefs uh yeah um but yeah i mean but dude i i it looks like he's taking immediate action he apparently it looks like i i haven't been following politics on inauguration day just because i've got stuff to do um but uh it looks like he's already been talking with the cdc about uh continuing holding off rent payments until like the end of march or something which is good <laughs> that's a good uh, thing yeah. yeah that is a good thing um so looks like it looks i'm i don't want to knock i'm knocking on wood i don't want to call you know jinx anything but it looks like maybe the Democrats are actually going to get something fucking done. <laughs> it looks like maybe <laughs> something is going to happen. That's yeah. all I want. I just want change. I just want something to happen. It's just, it's going to be interesting when like two years from now and like uh, Kamala Harris signs off on another drone strike in Yemen Oh yeah, or something and everyone's like, well, at least... At least it's a woman. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, <laughs> McGregor, McGregor, this is the hopeful episode. We did the depressing one last time. We I'm already least... depressed, Noah. I'm already not happy with the situation. I, I just, for, I don't know. I just, for some reason, I can't, I can't open up my arms to hope for right now. I don't know what's yeah. going on, man. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame you. And at the same time, I need, I, I, my, for this my political my health as a political follower for the sake like i need a victory man if i don't get if i don't force myself to at least accept this as some kind of victory i'm just gonna i'm not gonna be able to do fucking politics on twitter i just can't i just can't do it um i bet i think it's just because i've resigned to the fact that my personal politics will never see a victory in america Right. Because my politics is explicitly against the idea of America. Yeah, it's very anti-system. Um, yeah. Right. You're like a mix of you're like a mix of Bernie Sanders, Noam Chomsky, and Ron Swanson. <laughs> Not the worst way to put it. Yeah, I and I sympathize. Yeah, because like freaking um, I I like every time I learn about a different politician in America, I'm like, oh, that guy's a war criminal. Yeah. Oh, this person does that because, like, I'll be talking to like someone older than me, like maybe my parents, Uh and they'll bring up a politician, Uh like from back in the day, and I'm like, oh, who are they? And they're like, oh, they were pretty good. They served under the Bush administration. I was like, oh, they're a war criminal. They get really mad at me when I say that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. I try not to do that, and like, it's okay that you do. But I just can't help it, man. I just, I know I'm with you. I understand that, like, it's just, like, it's just how you are. And like, a friend of mine is the same way. Like, he's also a political science major, aspiring law- lawyer, and he's very leftist. He's very pro Bernie. Uh, he's very, he's feels the same exact way. And it's really easy to fall into. I don't know how to put it, but it's the it's the finding and hindering on every single bad aspect about any politician and or any person in general like he'll do the same thing with celebrities where like one guy will have fucked up 20 years ago and have apologized for it repeatedly and it's like okay we you know he's he's and he's like he's made like two million dollars in charitable donations since then or something it's like people can you know you know can get better and improve but it's it's a it's a lighter version of that where it's just like yeah people Politicians are awful. Yes, of course. Um, and I just try not to fall into the like, this person is, you know, did this awful thing. So that automatically makes them an awful politician. Like people can do awful, really shitty things and still do some good things. <laughs> um, but if you're like, but if, but like, if you're a celebrity, mm-hmm. an awful, really shitty thing could have been like, oh, you, you gypped one of your 
uh, people who was with you in your band or your acting thing out of a lot of money. It's mm-hmm. like, ah, that kind of sucks. And then your couple of good things would be charitable stuff. And it's like, okay, they've kind of redeemed themselves. They've regretted. Mm-hmm. But if you're a politician and your bad things are you've led to the deaths of thousands of people in a foreign country, and then your couple of good things is you made some jobs in, 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 in freaking – and freaking right. Lincoln, Nebraska. It's a it's right. different fish to fry, man. Oh no, absolutely, absolutely. I'm not by any means like saying war criminals are not bad. Like that's not what I'm saying. Um, and like I think that when you're talking about war, like you're immediately talking about much more heavy-handed stuff. When you're talking about like invading another country, you're talking you're immediately talking about more heavy-handed stuff from stuff that, that like celebrities do or whatever. Um, so I'm totally with you there. I just, I, I guess I just try not to fall into complete political pessimism. I try to think about how people, I try to focus at least on the good things and while still being knowledgeable about the bad. Like, um, you know, like people, people bring up that, like, like that, uh, you know, Thomas Jefferson was a slave owner or whatever. And it's like everyone fucking was at the time. And I know that that doesn't excuse it. You know that's still a totally awful thing to do, but I just try to just I, I just try to put it in the context of like what good stuff did they do? Try to focus on the good more over the bad because I in, in, inherently what I what my mind tries to do at the outset is go for pessimism. I try to be like oh everything's fucked and I just so I just for my the sake of my mental health I have to consciously fight that. So that's why I'm saying that. Um, so, but so I, so I complete what I, that's all to say that I completely understand why you do that. Um, and it's totally reasonable and it's probably more realistic than my political views. It's just, I, I, I have to fight it for my mental health. Uh, if you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah. This, I, this either shows that, um, uh, uh, I, I have, a, I have a lot, I have a lot of them. I, well, <laughs> I have a much um, worse mental health than you, or my brain is just like a, a corroded bedrock that can't be penetrated. I think, I think at least, I mean, I don't know, obviously. I'm not a psychologist, but it seems to me like you've just become comfortable, comfortably numb. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean to do that, but like it feels, it's, it feels a lot to me like you, like, you know, every time something happens, uh, where people try to talk about the good things that someone has done or try to talk about the victories. It feels like, you know, like this, a very similar situation happened when RGB died. Um, or RPG, sorry, <laughs> not RGB. Uh, and, you know, similar to like with Joe Biden winning, like it, like I can tell that you have the impulse to tweet about like you guys are being overly dramatic with like RBG wasn't a, wasn't this incredible person she wasn't this like jesus figure similar to joe biden he's not this jesus figure stop being hypocritical and i totally understand that but i just like it feels to me like you you kind of like have completely become comfortable sitting with those impulses uh with the impulse to like do that which is like totally fair like it's totally fair to be pessimistic at a time like this like i don't i don't blame you at all I think um, it's also because most people have hope for this country to survive. Yeah, and you just don't. And I don't. There's that, a lot that, of factors that go into me being extremely just like one way th- of thought about right. these kinds of things. Right. And I think, I think, I think it's a sign of your. <laughs> I want to be careful saying this. I think in some ways it's a sign of how. Ed- intelligent and educated you are because i don't i don't think you would call your i don't think you would call yourself like an intelligent guy but you you know much more about politics and history than i do and i will be the first fucking person to admit it and the fact that we disagree on a fundamental level that america can change in my mother even more so like she is very much like america can change the system it's the system as it is now will work she's that kind of person and where i don't have nearly that much optimism i also don't have nearly as much pessimism about the country as you do um and i think it's just it's i think that's it, it, just a fundamental difference between us is that you know much more than i do and um 
people even and I'm not that's not to say that like pessimism is inherently more intelligent or intellectual because I don't think that's true there are a lot of people who go on reddit and I'm like I think the country's fuck I'm smart whatever uh it's and, like um it's like going to have you heard of the anti-natalism subreddit no it's so it's just like goofy how dark those guys are yeah because like antinatalism, you know what that is the um no. philosophy of um regret of being born like being oh, against birth oh. oh yeah so all the reddit posts are just like like my sister's pregnant and she's actively going to destroy this child and i feel so bad for the for the crotch goblin in there yeah <laughs> it's like yeah. what the fuck bro yeah and to me i don't know i don't i mean again i'm not a psychologist but to me it seems like a lot of those people and i think maybe this is also projecting because i used to do this too but it seems like you're just being edgy in a performative way you just want attention to do that and you're just trying to seem woke um and you know i don't i don't support that at all but i just think that you your views on why you think america is ultimately doomed are based on educated opinions um and my views on why I think America could survive are based on my half-read uh, tweets from pol- current politicians, my inherent biases, and my pretty much lack of education. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I, I and I completely understand where you're coming from. One thing that I find really interesting, because I want to stop ranting, <laughs> I want you to talk, <laughs> uh, <laughs> is your because you have told me before that you consider yourself pretty much very left wing except you have a semi-conservative view of like home life in that your real life is like being out on a farm and just living on your own without the government interfering you kind of Walden pond type thing Mm -hmm. Uh, but so i just wanted to i wanted to get i wanted you to go a little more in depth than that if you're willing yeah i can do that um yeah basically what it boils down to is um I'm I'm a dude who thinks, uh, uh, like, with the wealth that uh, we have as nations and as all this stuff, um, uh, everyone is entitled to the freedom mm. to be who they want mm-hmm. and to be able to um, uh, uh, get opportunities and and have things that uh, we can definitely afford to give them, mm-hmm. healthcare food housing mm-hmm. but um but what i also think is that a um a personal strength matters mm-hmm. not necessarily like a like a physical or or maybe a mental but just that a decidedness on like who you are as a person mm. a more existential strength an existential strength if you will yes yeah, that's really so, interesting. Yeah, I know that. So well, when I say stuff like "I just want to be out in the woods with my family" mm-hmm. and stuff, what I'm what I'm really saying is I just want control over directly what's in front of me. Mm. Now, again, that's you see, that's really interesting. I know that Nietzsche felt very similarly. I know that he was a big proponent of like, go be your own man. You know, the Ubermensch. Go. Yeah. Don't don't follow the fucking crowd. Don't do that because you'll fall into complacency and a desire to be subpar. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, basically, what I'm calling you is a Nietzsche fanboy. Great. Um, I haven't read any <laughs> Nietzsche, so it might be true. <laughs> I just think people have the right to be independent. Um, yeah. Uh, entirely. So, like you know. And and I think there needs to be uh, things in place that allow that independence to exist, like healthcare and housing. Mm, yeah, and yeah, I don't, I don't know if you maybe want to. I don't know if you want to cut this because it might be too personal. But and again, I'm not a psychologist, but it, I find it interesting. I find I I because I only just realized how much how tied that is to your desire for independence and. I'm wondering, it's just interesting to me because I know that at times your family can get pretty controlling. Um, 
And so it's just interesting to me to see that connection in that, like, I know that you for a very long time had a personal desire for independence. And so to see that like spread into like the public, your public. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's, um, yeah, there's definitely nothing that anyone's ever came up with that was just wholly like, I thought about it a lot and I came to this. It's right. I've experienced a lot of shit and now ideas are just popping up in my head. Right. 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 And so, yeah, that was, so yeah. 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 Oh yeah. But so yeah, I'm definitely sure that like my history is like someone who, um, uh, very, uh, resistant, Mm -hmm. uh, growing up Mm -hmm. and, um, just, just someone who I wouldn't call my, family controlling as much as I just call it formulaic mm, yeah hey well yeah you know, and, there's and, there's and... sorry go ahead there's always just like expectations of like you got to be here to do this you got to be here to do that right and um whenever I was in the household at least if I was out of the household they were like go fucking nuts kid right right but you know their house their rules and I respect that I, I fully respect that idea I'm not like saying like I, I I wouldn't want it any other way but I'm just saying right. like I came from a place that was set in its way mm-hmm. and now I'm in and now I'm thinking like that that was my father and my mother's independence that was their founding mm-hmm. and I grew up in that and I became the person I am in that mm-hmm. and now that I have left and become independent I can set my own ground you know my own formula dude you you got to read East of Eden, man. You got to read that book. It's, isn't that a isn't that a freaking a James Dean movie? Yes, yeah, yeah. James Dean Murder Car. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe we should explain what that means. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like we can leave that as a little cliffhanger. Sure, we'll leave that. We'll leave that for next episode. Uh, well, wait, wait, uh. Folks, if you are interested in learning more about James Dean Murdochar, check out the Chilluminati podcast. Chill. Yeah, there we go. There we yeah, go. There you go. Little plug. There you go. If you're interested. Um, because you will get a much better explanation in a much better story-like version in the way that it's told. Uh, and you will enjoy it. It's a good podcast. Anyway. Um, yeah. No. So, yeah. East of Eden is a book basically about just families and how the families through generations develop uh and it's about you know it's it's it mimics in ways the bible in that it has kind of a cain and abel story and that's all i'm going to say it's a mm-hmm. longish book but dude you would love it it's it's about as long as like uh uh my struggle volume one uh, uh i'd say uh so it's is it even that long? I think it's maybe a little shorter. I think it's only like 500 pages, not like 600. Uh, yeah. um, but dude, I think, I seriously think you'd enjoy it. I think, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, sure. Because I think it, it has a lot of those themes that you were literally just talking about. Right. Um, and also, I just wanted to uh, ask, or I just wanted to mention also that like, in addition to it being just your family, I know that you also felt that way a lot about school and that it was also very formulaic, very set in stone, very rule-based. And you, you've always resisted that structure as well. I've, I've always been a dude. I guess I, I could call it laziness, but I also, you could also call it just determined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or like, I just, I, would, I don't know. I wouldn't call it laziness. Yeah. I just feel like I've, I've always had the same track in my mind. Yeah. Like, if there's a thing you want, there shouldn't be a wall of bullshit right. along with what you're going at. So right. when I think about school, I think, like, you know, there's a math class, a science class, a history class. If I exactly. get, you know, there's gen eds, right? Yeah. Exists in college, too. But, like, I went into high school being a history guy. Mm-hmm. Or I was like, I wanted to be a history teacher or do something historical. Mm-hmm. But then my entire school schedule was 90% other stuff that I didn't give a shit about. Right, right. And it just kind of killed me on the inside. It's like, I'm, right. I'm, and, I, and I get that, like, 
a well-rounded person is someone who knows a little bit about all these subjects that they teach mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. So I get it a little bit where it's like you have to learn some of this shit, but like mm-hmm. people who know what they want to do should not have to endure six hours of something they want nothing to do with just to get one hour of what they want. Right. Absolutely. I, I'm totally, I'm, I totally understand where you're coming from. And I think in a way you, you're, you were searching for a kind of education that just wasn't, that just isn't supported by the American public education system. Like, yeah. and like, where generally like if you had gone to college you could have just taken college classes or just taken history classes rather and you could have totally engrossed yourself in that subject and i think like you know i think back and i'm like and i'm like was there a reason why you didn't take dual credit history classes yeah because uh i'd become so deadened and threatened and attacked by all this all these other classes that it was like if i just give myself a more challenging version of what i want then i'm going to be absolutely murdered in the high school hallway by (laughs) by the failing that i'm already giving myself you know because i didn't do anything i didn't want to do in high school right i didn't do a work that i didn't want to do yeah which is really bad because that gives you an f Mm -hmm. (laughs) so if if I had just like given myself a historical challenge by taking a dual credit history class, I would have ignored everything in high school, and it just I would have dropped out. Maybe I don't know. But I feel like I don't know. I you know I I'm just I'm just trying to be a little retrospective, uh, a little reflective, if you will, um, because like I feel like, do you not feel like if you had taken? Because I don't think I think if you took an intro history class in college or something like that, I do not think you would have felt challenged. Mm. I think, I think, I think anyone who knows you personally would have, would tell you that like you have, you just have a fucking brain for history, man. You can just chug through it incredibly. Um, And you, you, you play with it so well. I mean, the essays that you write where you just write about what you want to write about, uh, and you give the historical facts for it, like that stuff's just incredible. That's that's awesome. Um, and so I feel like, do you, do you not feel like taking one of those classes would have motivated you at in at least some way to continue with school? What year were dual credits? Was that junior year? You could no. Well, you could take them any time, really. Uh, mm-hmm. I took my. But first that was like the time when it was like this is the time to hop on the train, right? It was junior year. It was like. This is the uh, senior societally year. accepted time to do it. Senior, senior year? year, yeah. Because I know junior year, I was also extremely depressed, mm. so I wouldn't have even considered doing anything because mm-hmm. I didn't think I was gonna, you know, make it out of high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in, a, in a on a very depressing note, mm-hmm. so that might also be another thing. Yeah, there was a lot of times in high school because I had a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. that uh remain unchecked to this day that um <laughs> you know would make a homie think i don't need to do this because i'm not you know i'm not going to be alive in the next year yeah yeah um folks listeners out there go to therapy just yeah do it it, yeah. it it will it will make you happier that's just the complete baseline and it it does not have to be a don't don't make it an anxiety thing don't make it like oh it means i'm weak it does not therapists need therapy everyone just go to therapy it i just guarantee you it will make your life better yeah Um, i need to i need to go to therapy and get diagnosed for something man yeah honestly because you're you've you're diagnosed i don't i don't know how much you want to talk about uh, i i I, i'm an open book i'm an open book yeah so you're diagnosed adhd yeah um yeah and I'm just thinking, like, have you have you seen stuff that like I've done that it's like, oh, this guy's definitely has something that could be diagnosed. Not ADHD. Well, yeah, but um, I just think a lot, like, you know, there's a lot of shit in my life that's happened that made me think, like, maybe I have an illness that just I no, no one's looked at. I don't know. Well, you've been diagnosed with depression, right? I've not been diagnosed with anything. 
you okay no absolutely absolutely you i think there's i think there, i think there's no way you 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 don't get diagnosed with clinical depression i think there's no way i think yeah. it's it's so chronic and it's so it's so it feels so deeply rooted in who you are it's so obvious no <laughs> yeah it yeah yeah um i think there's no way you don't get diagnosed with clinical depression i think um I think there's a good chance you get diagnosed with anxiety just because of your aversion to conflict and your, um, your, you have a general, I feel like in general, you have times when you get anxious and that's true for everyone. So I think there's a chance that you get diagnosed with anxiety. Um, but other than that, I mean, again, I'm not a psychologist, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, but I think, I think hands down, there's no way you don't get diagnosed, uh, with clinical depression. Um, I mean, and part of that is because I get uh, depressive episodes. I don't think I have depression. I might, I should maybe see, but I don't, I don't think I have like a a depression. I just get like every once in a while, I'll hit like a week of a rut or whatever, which everyone gets. Um, And every time that happens, I immediately, I immediately am like, (laughs) man, I could I could talk to McGregor about this and he would fully understand. <laughs> and like and it like it, it for me it's like it's it literally doesn't even hinge on your mood. Uh like it like it doesn't have to be like oh McGregor's is I don't want to send this to McGregor in case he's in a good mood. It's like I know that you will be receptive to that kind yeah. of thing. Um like, damn McGregor goes through this at months at a time. Fuck yeah. bro. <laughs> yeah. Fuck months, years at a time, dude. That's true, man. I don't. You. That's yeah. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah. No. So you should absolutely get diagnosed. And do I have a question? Do you have an aversion to like pills? Pills. Yeah. Like if you if you're if you went to if you get diagnosed with clinical depression and your therapist and or someone started talking to you about uh, taking antidepressants, like what would your stance be? And you don't have to say if you don't want to, but probably take it i mean yeah like what's the worst that can happen yeah yeah i mean I, I, know, I know a lot of people be like i'll lose my sparkle and i'm like mm. I fuck, like what is what is my sparkle that <laughs> what is my special depression sparkle yeah. nothing i i'm i, I push yeah. off creative endeavors and i also don't put up my laundry that's yeah. my that's my depression sparkle yeah <laughs> and that's not that's not any sparkle that's just the depression itself yeah yeah so i'm with you i know i feel like a lot of people get, oh, some pe- some people at least I know, get kind of really in their heads about taking medication. They feel like it's going to be the uh, uh, the uh, silver linings playbook effects. We're like, oh, I, I just can't think clearly. It makes me fuzzy, whatever. And just like, try it. <laughs> See, if it solves your problem with no side effects, then then good. If it if you have side effects that you don't like, then tell your doctor and see if there's another option, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll throw uh, back a few Lexapro. Yeah. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And that's not to say like, go, you know, drug seek, whatever, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I should do it the um, illegal way. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You, you, you have easily diagnosable clinical depression. So you should go meet a homie in the back alley and ask him for 20 Ativan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, but so yeah. I mean, I think yeah. I just think there's no way you don't get diagnosed with with depression. I think yeah. Uh, which is, you know, which is okay. Are you so you have you been going to therapy recently? Because I know you went for a bit at least. Yeah, I went for a bit around the time the pandemic started. Not because of the pandemic, because of other things. Mm-hmm. But um, that was through a certain program and like that only lasts for so long so that ran out right quick yeah uh so yeah i haven't gone to therapy in a while so yeah i will admit that is one of the benefits of going into higher education folks if you're listening and you're in college i guarantee you your college has some sort of therapy slash counseling center and you should see if the college insurance covers that or what kind of cost that is definitely do that but because i just have to pay for it yeah exactly um but uh again like you should you should see what kind of insurance coverage you get i personally 
I can recommend uh, Beaumont Behavioral Health uh, Center. That's up in Lexington. Um, you take, mm. uh, I don't know the fuck, I don't remember fucking Kentucky Roads. You take 75 up until some exit and then you drive along for like another 15 minutes or something. It's a real long stretch um, after the exit. But anyway, Beaumont Behavioral Health Center, I can personally recommend. Um, they that's where I got diagnosed with ADHD and that was super nice and they did what they did as well for me and I'm not sure if you could individually request this but what they did for me was they did a general test to see if be like hey we're going to see if you have ADHD but we're also going to test to see if you have any other mental uh, illnesses that we can diagnose you with and get treated for you um, and that was super nice um, and so yeah that I can personally recommend I'm not sure what insurance coverage they have or what their cost is, obviously, but um, yeah, I can definitely recommend that. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think McGregor, I think therapy would be so good for you. I think, and I, I mean, I guess I can say I know that it would be so good for you because I know that you res responded positively to that small program that you had for a limited time. Um, yeah. I remember you came out of. Like one of your first sessions, I don't remember, and you texted me and were like, and was like, or we went on a drive or something, and you were like, dude, I went to therapy for like the one for like the first or second time or something recently, and I just found out all this new shit that I had buried deep inside me, and like you had a legitimately like happy glow on your face of just like, oh, I just realized I have a completely deeply incited aversion to conflict, uh. And yeah, I just, yeah, I think I highly, I highly recommend it. Mental health, especially right now during the pandemic, it's so important. It's so important. It's 100% important. 100% something people should be looking into, yeah. including myself. I'm, yeah, I'm <laughs> talking to you. I'm talking to you. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I'm hearing you. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm also, I'm also partially talking to myself. I, this K here has a counseling center and they do each student automatically gets six free virtual counseling appointments. Um, mm. And it's only virtual because of the pandemic. Normally any student easy six appointments per year uh, to go, just go in and talk to a therapist for an hour about just whatever. And very few people take advantage of it. Um, and including myself, I have not been going virtually partially because of zoom fatigue and but mostly because i'm just making excuses for myself um and i was talking to one of our mutual friends as well and uh they were saying like i've also i've also not been taking advantage of the counseling or therapy or whatever center here because and she's or <laughs> yeah she's also uh in higher education and it's just like you gotta you just just do it and it's it, it was saying it to me as well just like i need to stop being a bitch about it i got i this is i'll get a little bit uh personal here i during ra training the in-person stuff right before students were moving in um we had a couple days of like like in-person ra training and the only in-person ra training that we were getting and that we had ever gotten. And so I showed up um, and like had done the online RA stuff all throughout December. Um, and so, and had done it as soon as like the stuff got posted. So I was really uh, on time with all of that stuff. But what that meant is I had a really big gap between the online training and the in-person training. And after day one, I just knew that I did really poorly. And I could tell like as soon as I got there to, day, to the day one of this training, I was like, oh man, I'm not prepared for this. Like I don't remember any of the fucking online training, the manual, the RA manual and like the policy stuff. It's just, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on this stuff. And the next night I woke up at 4 a.m. in a cold sweat after having a nightmare about RA training, literally the next fucking night. Um, and it's like, if I'm getting that kind of anxiety, I should be going to the fucking counseling center. Um, no excuses about it. You know, I, I've not, I have not woken up in a cold sweat because of an, an anxiety dream before. Um, and so like that, if, if you can relate in any way to that kind of thing, just, just do it. I will, I will, I will do it. I will, I'll tell you what, after this, I'll send an email and uh, we can talk about it and I can, you know, 
say that I'm officially going to counseling by next episode. And that's my commitment. And if you're not going to counseling, do it too. And that includes you, McGregor. If, Mike. If, yeah. If, if you don't at least like, if you don't, you know, sign up for counseling or whatever at some place, at least look into the options nearby um, and see what places are nearby that where you can go finally get diagnosed with fucking depression, you know? Uh, so anyway, yeah, that's just my personal story uh, of why, like, it's easy, it's really easy to avoid going to therapy, really easy to avoid going to counseling, but it's, it's so, it's so important right now. Um, and I'm committed, I'm committed to you, McGregor. Thank you, my good friend, for <laughs> caring so much about, I will make the commitment to look into it. Good. I will learn some numbers and some things. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I think if you go onto your insurance website, your insurance coverage's website, they will tell you what places are in network and which places will take. And they will also tell you your insurance policy of like what your deductible costs are. And I'm sure obviously your folks can help out with that. Um, <clears throat> but so, yeah. Uh, yeah, do it. Anyway, that was my little rant about mental health. It's it's been in the back of my mind because I have been avoiding it for a while. Um, it's a it's a good thing to rant about. It's an important subject to cover always. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, uh, suicide makes up for a crazy number of deaths in America. It's one of the like the top especially five. in young men. Yeah, and and. Uh, and like, I mean, it's the fact that it's up there with cancer and heart disease, just, it just shouldn't be that way. It's just, it's sending people to therapy and counseling is not the challenge of curing cancer. It just is not on that level. Um, and taking away all the crazy, stupid cultural ideas, like it's not manly to go to therapy. Like what, a, like all that ridiculous bullshit just get it out of your brain. Just go. Uh, it's really, it's so, it's so sad. Um, you know, personally coming from someone who has been in the past has been suicidal and has been really depressed. It's just, just believe me that it is worth it. <laughs> believe me. Uh, and you will thank yeah. yourself when you do it. Yeah, do what Noah does and, and don't do what I did back in the day. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. just endure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not how life should be lived. It's like I, like you know, I'm 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 decent now. I'm in a better place than I was. Thank God. But like, <laughs> but like I, you know, I did not take care of myself. Yeah. Uh, back in the day. Yeah. Uh, I got off on the skin of my teeth, mm -hmm. and it's it's surprising to me that I was able to do what I did. <laughs> right. Right. And. And in some ways, it's easier to do that. It's just easier to, to not think about your mental health and to just absorb yourself in TV and TikTok and Netflix and just not think, of, not think about how you're, you yourself are doing. Um, I, feel like that's, it's, it's, I feel like that's the easiest trap to fall into when, you're thinking, when it comes to mental health is just avoiding it entirely and letting it fester and just letting it continue um because then because then it almost feels normal to you exactly which is and i feel like that's in my experience that's what i've heard you talk about a lot mcgregor is that it just feels normal and it just feels like completely every day you know um and that's just it just it just really it really shouldn't be that way um so yeah yeah it's it's a solvable problem and uh yeah you know and also like it if you if you have friends who you know are going through similar stuff recommend therapy to them it's it, it should mental health should be a thing that people talk about uh too just in general and have conversations about uh and that doesn't just go for depression obviously that goes for everything but yeah so yeah uh Checking on yourself. You know, we had the we talked about that at the in the last episode too about just make sure you're checking in on yourself. Uh, but yeah, therapy is good. It's good. It's a good thing. Yeah. God bless um, therapy. 
God bless therapy. Absolutely. And admittedly, we've gotten a little off track from how, from your political views. Let's, uh, let's lighten up. Yeah. Yeah. How about it? Here's yeah. a thing. Here's a thing I did today. Okay. I started unpacking for, for my apartment. Only today? Well, not like, not like unpacking. I've already done the important shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I've put up a map on the wall. Like I'm doing like my doing cosmetic shit. Yeah, my decorating. Yeah. And part of it is that I've unpacked all my books. Mm. That must feel nice. I had two suitcases, not suitcases, two uh, fucking, uh, yeah, two fucking just, uh, you know, the freaking roller hmm? cases for fucking. Oh, like a suitcase with wheels? Yeah, okay. So I did have two suitcases. <laughs> All right. Whatever. <laughs> I, yeah. I had two suitcases full of uh, books, and I unloaded them all onto this little shelf. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, it's like, like, what if I just, like, I haven't read a single one of these books, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like, I brought only unread books with me to my apartment. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'll fucking do the thing where I read them all. Yeah. And I'm like, I should at least try to read uh, a little bit a day. No. Okay. So, dude, I've. This is actually something I wanted to talk about last time, but we never got around to it. Um, yearly themes. Yearly themes, not New Year's resolution. I haven't decided my New Year's resolutions yet. Um, but so the system I followed, I decided to try it out last year, and it worked wonders. Um, so CGP Grey on YouTube, in general, like considered like one of the pinnacles of educational YouTube. Um, he just did a, he did recently a video on TCOI, which was a nuclear test facility um, really nearby a uh, Native American reservation. Um, and he for a while has talked about yearly themes and even doing seasonal themes. So like one for summer. Um, and instead of doing something like I'm going to read this amount the, uh, every day, or I'm going to do, I'm going to have achieved this by this time or whatever, um, which is like those kinds of New Year's resolutions are completely, are setting yourself up for failure because every time you miss a day of reading, that feels like a failure to you. And so you, you're, instead of rewarding yourself, you're, you're hitting yourself on the wrist uh, and that can be really demotivating. Um, and so instead, what you do is you pick a broad theme. So for me, last year, my theme was year of new. And that was just my idea of I was tired. I, I'd just gotten into college, and I didn't want to do what I had been doing for the last 12 years of schooling. I wanted to break out of the systemic, systematic life I'd been living from that point uh, up to that point and so I decided I wanted to do new stuff and that ended up manifesting in me listening to new music I literally in all of 2020 I know like people might think of me as being kind of like I tweet about music a lot whatever but I only started listening to new music in 2020 before then I had been listening to uh, my, the same music and stuff and that's how I manifested that but the idea is that if halfway through 2020 I decided I don't want to listen to new music instead I'm going to I want to do something else that's new. Then I can do that. And you can let the theme change with you. And in addition, that way, instead of saying, I want to to listen to a new album every day, not only is it flexible to change, but also where where when I miss a day with that system, it feels like failure. Instead, just saying, I want to do new stuff, every new thing I do feels like a success instead of the other way around. And it worked really well. Every time I listened to new music, I felt like I was being productive. I felt like I was doing something good towards my yearly theme. Um, so that is the biggest thing I can recommend to you, McGregor, is that like you could do the exact same theme. You could do year of new this year and just want to read new books. Or you could do year of like, um, I don't know, year of education and instead, or of culture, and instead, which was one of my ideas for this year as well, was year of culture. Um, and instead, just, you know, again, you're wanting to read these books now, um, 
but maybe that changes in three months or and that way every new every page that you read of a new book it feels like a success instead of you missing a day and it feeling like a failure but so really it works i am promoting it now because it works so that's my recommendation right that's a good idea and i'll and i'll probably follow it some way shape or form mm. but for now i'm just thinking like i need to just like start breaking down some of these books right mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah i mean it feels it, it can be really daunting getting into new books yeah so i'm like there's a couple of stacks in these shelves i want to go from the top of the first stack and eventually get to the end of the last stack you know what i'm saying mm. the well, only problem is uh-huh is that the very first book on the very first stack is Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged. Don't read it. Just and don't I'm read like, it. <laughs> just throw it out. Just throw it out. Just I'm going to read it. it no, listen. Listen. Noah? Noah. It's, I got to read it. it. I, I will tell you as a person who has read that and The Fountainhead, it's not worth it. I'm going to read it. I got to know. No. No. I got no. I got I to no. build an opinion. Why? why? Noah, the, Noah why? you said I was smarter why? at politics than you, and this is why. McGregor, why <laughs> why is McGregor Lakes the leftist reading Atlas Shrugged, the fucking enormous book about a capitalist utopia? Why are you uh, doing that to yourself? Know thy enemy. <laughs> You're not you don't Okay, read the art of war instead then. <laughs> that's not knowing thy enemy. No, that's part of art, the art of war is you have to know your enemy how to defeat Yeah, you. exactly. And the way I'm applying that is by reading Ayn Rand. <sighs> Okay, Godspeed. But also, it's praxis, Noah. I I couldn't do that. I couldn't read. I couldn't say like this is the book I'm gonna read next. I so I get into books. I read the books that I want to read. Basically, is how I do it. Um, mm. I will. So what that how that manifests is I will start reading eight books at a time and will not finish any of them. But it feels better to enjoy reading what I'm reading than to say oh. I want to read, but I'm forcing myself to read this book that I don't want to read. Um, so, like, I'm 20 pages into Crime and Punishment, and I'm, like, 100 pages into the See the Sea uh, by Iris Murdoch, and I've started rereading uh, The Sun Always uh, Rises and stuff like that. But so, I don't, I, it, are you able to do that? Does that work for you to, like, force yourself to read one specific book? Yeah, if I just grab a book and crack at it, and I choose to crack at it, then, yeah, I'll get it. You you never feel like I want to read something else, so I'm gonna start reading something else. I did that once, and then I did not finish either book, so I gave up on it. Well, but I, it's it's a better decision for me to be like, oh, I want to read this book, but I have to finish this one first. But that's that that's just, better but, for me than to just half read two books because I wanted to read one halfway through the other one. See, that's interesting because instead of that good book motive motivating me like i want to read this good book but i have to get through this other book first um so that motivates me to keep reading instead that does the opposite where i will just stop reading because i don't like reading the current book because mm. like I, I think you'll remember when we were um in class when we were reading the great gatsby mm-hmm. and i started reading dorian gray mm-hmm. during that because i wanted to read dorian gray I have yet to finish The Great Gatsby nor Dorian Gray. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I feel like for me, that would have long-term effects if if I forced myself to read that. Because at least the way my system works, I'm, always, I'm only reading what I enjoy. And so mm-hmm. I can associate reading with that sense of happiness um, compared to, like where maybe instead if I forced myself to read a bad book, I would not find reading as, I would not associate reading with like pleasure as much anymore. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess you could also put it um, the same way like I treat any media because I love bad stuff. That is true. Like I, I watch three hour bad movies made by yeah. a, a, a insane internet reviewer. Yeah. And I had fun watching it, even though it was so bad, like it was unwatchable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But there's a difference. Just plain bad. Right. Like, like, like I would not like if I wanted, I would probably watch a nostalgia critic movie with you for the irony, but I would not for at any point in my life watch Minions. I just wouldn't do it. Like that's a completely different thing. 
um, you know, mm. it's it's the it's the Adam Sandler phenomenon. Some some Adam Sandler movies, they're just they're so bad they're good. Like Jack and Jill, which literally has like lower than ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes. But then some movies like uh, Don't you dare um, say it. Don't you dare say it. Choose oh no, a no. Movie. Okay, no, no, I'm not Choose no I'm not a different movie. No, no, no. No, I no. no, see the the difference, the thing is with uncut gems, I can tell that it has artistic value. So I would watch it at least for that. Um no, but I was gonna say, um, uh, what's the movie with him and Kevin James? And they're all oh, like pixels. No, no, no. I think a different movie with him and Kevin James. There's um, a different movie with him and Kevin James. I think so. I think Fuck. they're all uh, oh, grown ups, grown ups, and grown ups too. Like those movies. Like no, I'm just not watching those. You know. Uh. So yeah. Anyway. But so anyway, I think, and also like. With movies, it's different because movies you get through in three hours. With books, so bad it's good can wear off really quickly. So I don't think I could do that for a whole book. Yeah, but I'm also a person who likes to uh, see to the end of things. Mm. Where it's like, this is some bullshit, but I need to understand the end of this bullshit. What, but, but what if the ending isn't even satisfying? Well, then it's... Well, but well, by the fact that it has ended, I am satisfied. Then <laughs> at least it's over. You know, okay. if I'm reading Atlas Shrugged, mm-hmm. and it's like, damn, this Frank character sucks. Mm-hmm. But I would like to know what happens to him in right. the end. Right. At least you know it's like how like how how bad can we get almost? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it's okay. also the same thing where it's like you know my humor is like bad for like the soul you know that it's it's the discomforting disarming humor yeah but you but i'd want to i but like i keep going because i want to see the end of of the awful joke i'm telling you know what i mean right right no yeah okay i get that it's just my mindset i want to i want to go to the end okay okay that's fair i just i just couldn't do it yeah so yeah interesting um Okay, well, we're already over time by like ten minutes or something. But yeah, we are. We had a we had a good conversation about mental health and it. Yeah. Yeah. And then followed it with book reading psychology. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, another riveting episode of this week is stupid. <laughs> but I don't really care about that. It's yeah. this podcast is a conversation between me and you, and that's all that matters. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, folks, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, we hope that you enjoyed. <laughs> um, McGregor, where can people find you? People can find me at the parking lot of a medical health center. Just thinking real hard. Good. Good. And Noah, where can, where can people find you? People can find me on an online application to start counseling. <laughs> There we go. An oh, op- yeah. a, a, a nice note to finish things off. Yeah. yeah. And if you guys want to find the podcast, you can go to the at TWIS underscore pod on Twitter. Yeah. And thank you, everybody, for listening. That was This Week in Stupid. Thanks. Bye.